Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Introducing the next generation from Nintendo. New Super Mario World, created especially for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It's a bit more exciting, a bit more challenging, a bit more graphic, a bit more colorful, a bit more realistic, a bit more levels, a bit more secrets, a bit more enemies, a bit more friends, a bit more sound, a bit hotter, a bit cooler, a bit weird, a bit more revolutionary, a bit more Mario, a bit more of what you want. It's 16-bit, and it's yours only if you get new Super Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, superpower. Hey everybody, it is Friday, and for the first time, that means it's time for a mailbag episode. Now, previously, I did all of my mailbag episodes on Saturday, but uh, I talked about this earlier in the week that, uh, actually, I believe I talked about it last week, that I was going to basically nix the um, the Saturday episodes just to give myself a little more free time Um you know, to for my sanity, basically. So the the Saturday mailbag episodes got moved to Friday, which means Friday is now the the time when we're going to be talking about all of the things that you want to talk about. Rest assured, if there is big Nintendo news, uh, then I will talk about it right here on the Friday episodes. Of course, there's not any really really huge Nintendo news right now. Um, the biggest news, I suppose, would be that we've got a brand new. Uh, Mario game, which came out, uh, I believe, today, or maybe it was yesterday. Um, Yeah, it was yesterday on the 16th. So you can now play Paper Mario, the Origami King. I did not pick it up. I'm not really interested in it, especially after watching the the, the Treehouse Live thing that they did. Um, I'm just not, I'm not excited about that game. But, but hey, if you are, then tell me all of the reasons why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm missing out on an awesome game. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at RunJumpStomp. Just to remind everybody, uh, Switchcraft is brought to you live every Monday and Wednesday on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash RunJumpStomp. And I figured if we're starting something new uh, with the mailbag episodes on Friday then what I would try is to do the Friday episodes on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. It's been a long time since I posted anything to that YouTube channel, and I figured uh, what I would do is I would just do our Friday mailbag episodes over on my YouTube channel. We'll see how it goes. Again, that that URL is youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. Of course, uh, this is your um, July 17th reminder that uh, the podcast awards are on their way. Nintendo Switchcraft has been nominated twice before. You can nominate it again if you want by heading on over to podcastawards.com. And in addition to that, 143 Pixels has also been submitted. So if you want to nominate uh, either Nintendo Switchcraft or uh, 143 Pixels, then that would be awesome. Tell your friends, help out, uh, get, get, get one of those two shows nominated for the best gaming podcast in the podcast awards nintendo switchcraft has been nominated twice still haven't won uh so uh the only way for us to win 
is for you guys to nominate. Now, speaking of 143 Pixels, the last episode of Season 3 of 143 Pixels is coming out on Tuesday. So um, if you haven't been listening all along, head on over to anchor.fm slash 143 and check out all of that other stuff. And I wanted to let you know that some episodes of Season 4 are already done and ready, including uh, my inter- interview with Andre Seegers from Game Explain, my interview with uh, Brian Ibbett from uh, Coverville and the Morning Stream, my interview with Tony P. Henderson from The Avengers. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay. Just Google Tony P. Henderson and um, Avengers. And I just posted yesterday, I think it was yesterday, my interview with um, Per Schneider from IGN. So season four is going to be a really, really good season already. And if you are on the Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com slash runjumpstomp at the uh, early access tier, you can already listen to those episodes of season four that are already done. All right, we've been talking for a while. Let's get to the mailbag. For play on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Are you up to the challenge? So if this is your first mailbag episode, um, basically throughout the week, I send out questions on my Twitter account, which is at RunJumpStomp. People reply, and I talk about what you guys are talking about on the show. Uh, Sometimes it's Nintendo stuff. Well, most of the time it's Nintendo stuff, and then sometimes we talk about other stuff as well. I did get a uh, a question that I, I basically said, what are your burning questions and gaming thoughts for the mailbag episode this week? And I did get... Uh, a couple of uh, replies. So let's get started with the first reply. It comes from uh, Nintendo Fit. They said, question for your mailbag, what is your least favorite game of the major franchises and why? So, all right, this is a really, really good question. And it leaves, uh, there's a lot of subjectivity in this particular uh, question. So let's start with Mario. My least favorite uh, Mario game has to be uh, probably new Super Mario Brothers 2 on like 3DS and that's the one where they were they really focused on collecting as many coins as you could or something like that and I just felt like it was really really forgettable and kind of a rehashed version of the uh, of the previous new Nintendo or I'm sorry new uh, Super Mario Brothers games which I feel like I don't really care for the art style. It's very kind of bland and vanilla and just doesn't jump out at me. As far as Zelda, uh, I would say my least favorite Zelda game, and I don't know if this is the fault of the game or the fault of me, but my least favorite Zelda game would probably be Zelda 2. And the reason for that is because I never really... When I played it back in the day, I didn't really understand that you needed to grind in the game in order to uh, get powerful enough in order to really do well. And so I always felt like the game was way too hard. I didn't treat it like the RPG that it is, which is so weird because, you know, Zelda has never been an RPG. And then... But Zelda 2 is this one example where they decided to go with these RPG mechanics that are 
um, more similar to something like Final Fantasy, where you have to go and you know grind against um, low-level enemies in order to get enough experience points to increase your stats, so that you can make yourself more powerful. And I never did that. I never got that. Maybe that's because they didn't do a good job explaining that that was something I could do, or maybe it was because I was a little kid and. You know, by the time I played Zelda 2, which is on the shelf behind me, like right there, uh, if you're watching it over on my YouTube channel, um, I think I had other games that were not nearly as difficult. So Zelda 2 is probably my least favorite, and I think most people would probably say Zelda 2 is their least favorite. Uh, as far as the other big franchises, I could we could go on about this for a really long time. Uh, but I'm not going to. So here's my question to you all for next week. Um, it's Nintendo Nintendo uh, Fitz question. What's your least favorite game in the major fan- franchises and why? Uh, that's a great question. And uh, you guys can let me know on Twitter. I'm going to tweet this out. You can reply to it and uh, we can continue. Now, Uh, Let's move on to um, Teacher Eric uh, said, I wonder if the original Metal Gear will ever be released on the Switch. If I remember correctly, it was released on the NES in around June of 1987. The cover art appeared to have Michael Behan as the star. If you don't know who Michael Behan is, they are... Uh, they, that's the, the guy that played Kyle Reese in in Terminator, the, the original Terminator. And they straight up just stole that guy's uh, likeness and put it on the cover of Metal Gear. Now, why would Metal Gear not come to uh, the Nintendo Switch? Well, because it was, well, first off, it was uh, uh, made by Ultra, which I believe was a Konami-like subsidiary. The thing that is really weird about Nintendo back in the NES era is they had a rule that no developer was allowed to make more than five games a year. So what the the, the developers and or no publisher, I'm sorry, they were no that no publisher was allowed to publish more than five games a year for the uh, NES, and this was to try and make sure that people did a good job on their games, so we didn't get you know uh, ET on the on the Atari twenty six hundred. And I think that that was a really good move. But in order to get around that, companies would make a secondary publisher that just, it would allow them to get around it. So I believe Ultra Games was a, like a subsidiary publisher of Konami. And that's that's the way that that works, I believe. And they made Metal Gear. Now, would Metal Gear ever get ported to the Nintendo Switch NES stuff? I don't know, and I don't know that it should be because it's really not that good of a game. I I know that the Metal Gear Solid series is supposed to be fantastic, and I've never played it. I played a lot of the original Metal Gear back in the day, and it just isn't very fun. Um, It's super, super hard, and it's just not fun. Will it ever come? I don't know. I think that it's unlikely as Konami seems to have washed their hands of the Metal Gear series and, you know, then they fired Kojima and, uh, you know, all of that drama. And for them to say, yeah, Nintendo, go ahead and bring that Metal Gear game to uh, the Nintendo Switch just doesn't really 
seem like it makes a lot of sense to me. All right, one more uh, question from this thread, and that one comes from Seth S. Scott, who uh, he's been on the show before. He made a fantastic game, like indie game called, I believe it's called Membrane, if I'm remembering correctly. Really, really uh, interesting game where you are, you know what, I don't want to tell you anything about it uh, because I don't want to spoil anything. It's very interesting and weird game. Um so uh, Seth Scott says, what are the Ninties slash fall holiday big releases? So what are we supposed to get from Nintendo uh, holiday and fall? Uh, the first answer to that part is nobody knows, Seth. Nobody knows. Uh, and then the second question is, is that 3D Mario collection scrapped? And when will we know more about Breath of the Wild 2? We're not going to know anything until Nintendo... Uh, stops being so tight-lipped about it. I mean, they have said that, hey, nothing like coronavirus uh, concerns did not actually impact the games that are supposed to come out this year. But that's easy to say because they haven't told us what games are supposed to come out this year. Uh, So we don't really know if they've had to delay anything. It's funny, you know, I was talking about 143 Pixels and I was talking to Per Schneider and I asked him what he thought about uh, when Breath of the Wild 2 was going to come. And he said, and this isn't part of the interview, this is like an after after we wrapped up thing. Uh, he said he thinks that it probably got delayed. Even though Nintendo, and he didn't say this part, but even though Nintendo said nothing got delayed, he thinks that it got delayed. Now, does that mean it was a... It, the, Nobody ever said that it was supposed to come out holiday 2020 other than me. Like I said, it's coming holiday 2020 back when they first announced it. It's going to be the perfect way to to, to hit back against Sony and Microsoft uh, with their new systems. But he, he thinks that, you know, all of the motion capture stuff and things like that, like that, that kind of thing really gets put on the back burner when you can't have people near each other. So Breath of the Wild 2, if you're asking me, I still think it's coming out this year. I still think it's coming out holiday this year. Fingers crossed. I don't have any reason to... There's no secondary information telling me that, but I think it's going to. I really do. Uh, But according to Per Schneider, he doesn't think it's going to come this year. Anyway, let's move on to the next topic. Hey, who's telling this story? If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So I'm between topics right now, and somebody in chat said something very, very interesting. Uh, They said, any wish list for the Switch 2? And I want to take just a second and respond to that and say, I don't think we're getting a Switch 2 for at least another four years. Nintendo has said many, many times, look, we're not trying to compete with these other companies. And while Obviously, they are because they make video games and the other companies are making video games. Nintendo is kind of just doing their own thing. And that's what they've always done. So for them to make a Switch 2 when the when the current Switch is doing really, really well would do 
Uh, two things. First off, it would sell a whole lot of Nintendo Switch 2s. Absolutely. Uh, and then secondly, it would bifurcate the market. You know, like, now if I'm a third-party publisher, who do I make a game for? Do I make a game for the Switch or the Switch 2? Or do I uh, hit both? In which case, you know, I have to program for the lowest common denominator being the Switch. So then the Switch 2 games just don't do as well. However, there's another way to look at this and saying, well, now there's third-party uh, there's third-party games that can be made for the Xbox One, or I'm sorry, the Xbox Series X and the PS5. That because they're you know the Switch Two has more powerful hardware, we could then uh, port over to that. So maybe that would give us more games. And uh, I mean, honestly, there's just there's there's too many variables for me to make a prediction on whether or not they'll they'll have a switch to but i personally like if i were nintendo i wouldn't pull the trigger on that yet because the switch is just selling so well and you don't want to bifurcate the market yet but if we suddenly start if once the new consoles come out if you see a sharp decline in switch sales then maybe it's time for nintendo to you know to pull that fire alarm anyway that's a really good uh, good question, Chris, in chat. I appreciate the, the thought. You know what? We're going back to chat again. Um, Jeremy uh, Roesel says, Do you think Breath of the Wild 2 or Mario Kart 9 would be a better response for the holiday to compete this holiday with the PS5 and Xbox Series X. And for me, I would say Breath of the Wild 2. It is. It had nearly a... I mean, early on in the Switch's life cycle, it had nearly... Or actually, it had over a 100% attach rate. Everybody was playing that game. It was incredibly well-received. It was uh, incredibly well-reviewed. It is a masterpiece of a game. So Breath of the Wild 2 would do really, really well. Now, the other part of that equation, Mario Kart 9. My my question about Mario Kart 9 is what can you do to the Mario Kart formula in order to justify selling me another Mario Kart this generation? With the art style that they've chosen for Mario Kart, and let's be honest, they're not going to change the art style because that's very identifiable. For the art style that they've chosen for Mario Kart, I don't know that you can get much better than what the Nintendo Switch Mario Kart 8 Deluxe looks like. I mean, I'm sure you could, but would it really matter all that much? So graphics isn't really good enough of a reason for, I think, most people to upgrade from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which sold like gangbusters on the Nintendo Switch, to Mario Kart 9. You can already drive on the walls. You can already drive underwater. You can already fly through the air. What else can you do with Mario Kart in order to justify it? And the only thing that I can think of is make Mario Kart Ultimate. Kind of follow what you've done with uh, Super Smash Brothers, where they're like, and everybody's here. But with Mario Kart, it's Mario Kart Ultimate, and you have every track 
from every Mario Kart game in the past. Uh, you have every character from every Mario Kart game in the past, as well as new characters, um, in, in, including mechanics like things like Double Dash, or bring in new characters from other uh, other IPs like you did with Animal Crossing and they did with uh, Zelda. Make it Smash Kart if you if you really want to go go crazy with it. But the idea that they can make them like look. Nintendo is very, very good at surprising everybody. They, like, if you had asked me, hey, Bill, what do you want from Mario Kart 8? I would not have said the ability to drive on walls. That's not something that would have come up when, I, when, when you asked that question. And then they did it, and it made stuff for some incredibly cool uh, level design. But I just can't imagine what else they can do with that IP in order to justify the nine at the end of it. So what I would say, make it Mario Kart Ultimate, include every character and every track and every mechanic ever, throw in a story mode, and on top of that, do DLC that when you buy it, it is bound to your account so that when the the inevitable Switch 2 does come out, and the next Mario Kart Ultimate game comes out that has better graphics, if I buy that, I also can port forward all of the DLC tra- uh, tracks and uh, racers uh, that I have unlocked uh, throughout the whole time. Make it more of a games-as-a-service type of thing. What do you guys think? What could they do to Mario Kart to justify a 9 at the end? Reach from his Pac-Man. So earlier this week, I found out that Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles would not support local multiplayer. And I asked if that would impact the likelihood of people purchasing the game. 61% of people who responded to this said no, it would not impact their likelihood of purchasing the game. And 39% said yes. Now, uh, I kind of went back and forth with Jordan Williams, who replied to this. Uh, So he said, sharing a screen takes away from the whole point of the Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles system. Every player needs their own screen. You can't share. That's why each player needed a Game Boy Advance in order to have their own screens. Now each player just has a Switch screen. I'm not bothered or surprised by this at all. And he is 100% right. What I was... What I wasn't... Okay. I want to be clear about what I meant by this question. And I'm, I didn't mean with one switch and four controllers, people all sharing one screen. I meant four switches without access to the internet and being able to play that way. All right. So I, I, I kind of responded to Jordan and he said, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I misunderstood the issue. It's still not a problem for me. If you have final fantasy crystal chronicles, then you probably also have decent enough internet to play with you, uh, with your couch partner. Since Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles is an eShop-only game, you have to download it. And let's be real, it's 2020. Internet should be nigh near universal now. Now, I I will respond to that by saying, uh, at the beginning, I'm with you. Uh, The last part, though, that it's 2020 and internet should be uh, nearly universal now, you're not wrong that it should be, but it very much isn't. Um, Where I live, I have fantastic internet. 
uh, my dad lives less than five miles from my house. He cannot get high speed internet at his house. Like that, like the local internet company just gave him the bird. They he he already had a trench dug for to bury power lines, and he bought the conduit that he would need to put the uh, the cable through. And he called up Spectrum, or I believe it was Time Warner at the time, and he said, um, "How much for you to hook this up for me? I have the wire." Like he had everything, just needed them to hook it up. All right, they told him five thousand dollars just to hook it up. So yes, technically he could have access to high speed internet where he lives, but for five thousand dollars, most people are going to say, "Well, no." And so that's what he did. He said no, and ended up getting like a one of those things from Verizon that gives him himself uh, Wi Fi at his house. So, um, it's not universal. It really isn't. However, what I, what I, what I will say is you have to remember that the switch is a portable device and you're not always playing it at your house or where you have Wi-Fi. Let's imagine that we're driving down the street. I'm driving my wife and three kids have their switches out and we're, we're driving someplace. We're going on a road trip and everybody brought their switch and it used to be that we'd all be playing animal crossing. Uh, but now maybe they all want to play Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Now they can't because local multiplayer doesn't work. Now, let's be fair. It's possible that Square Enix totally was meaning the same thing that Jordan Williams was meaning. Maybe Square Enix was saying you can't play with one Switch and four controllers. But what they said was there's no local multiplayer there's only internet multiplayer. And so you you have to have access to the internet. And, and this is a big and, you also have to be subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online in order to play this game at all, really. And I think that that might be a problem. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe you don't have to be subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online because the game is coming to iOS and Android as well as and PS4. So maybe because you're using Square Enix's uh, stuff instead of Nintendo's stuff, there's no Nintendo Switch Online needed. We already have uh, precedent for this. You don't need Nintendo Switch Online in order to play Fortnite on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so I just think that it's it's very... I, I think that there's more uh, clarification is needed from Square Enix. Of course, the original tweet where I got this was in Japanese, and I used Google Translate to figure out what they were saying. So maybe this is all much ado about nothing. Uh, Granite T Rock in chat says it's nice not to use cell phone data when on the go. Sometimes it's not the greatest, depending on the destination. That's true. If I look at my phone right now, I have okay, I have three bars, which is perfectly acceptable. Uh, a mile down the road, I have one bar. One bar which means that the internet's terrible where I live uh, when it comes to Verizon. And I used to have AT&T. AT&T was even worse. So you just have to remember that the Switch is a portable device and it doesn't always have access uh, to the internet. That's something to keep in mind when we when we think about that. But Jordan, thank you very much for getting back to me. I think that, I, I think that he made some good points. His final point was, I hear you, those are good points. But those aren't issues to me personally. So it doesn't bother me, which is why I answered the poll the way I did. 
which makes perfect sense. All right. Uh, he then goes on to say, you make good points, but at the end of the day, it feels like less of a big deal in the grand scheme of things in gaming. And I will agree with that 100%. Frogger, Sega's arcade game, now a home video game from Parker Brothers, the ones to beat. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is a question that I asked a couple of weeks ago and never got around to getting it in the mailbag. So just because I post a topic and don't talk about it that week doesn't mean that it's not coming back because I bookmark all of these topics and come back to them later. Uh, my question was, what are some dead video game genres that you have fond memories of and what was the best game in that genre? So for me, I said uh, the on-rail shooters and Operation Wolf was like this really great example. I don't know if it's the best game in the genre, but it's definitely a great example. I think I was trying to find a GIF of Area 51, and I couldn't find one, and I decided to go with Operation Wolf anyway. Um, Nintendo Fit, uh, they said uh, they were a huge fan of Sid Meier's Pirates. It'd be fun to bring that game and genre back to life. Chris Becker replied... Games like TNC Surf Design and Skater Die, I love those games back in the day. So for me, I hated Skater Die, but TNC Surf Design was so good. Um, it had this, it had a skateboarding level, and it had a surfing level. And the skateboarding level, you could choose between like this guy that had a weird, almost like a luchador mask on, and this other guy that had a face that looked like Plastic Man from from the old uh, uh, Super Friends cartoons. And then you could go surfing, and you could surf as a gorilla. It was just this weird combination. TNC uh, Surf Design was such a really, really good game. And I think that I'm going to play some of that later just to get some some retro goodness. Uh, what a fantastic game. I would love to see that come back. And it is it is definitely a genre that, that has died off. I mean, not skateboarding games in general, but a just a side-scrolling skateboarding game where you're just trying to, almost like a platformer, where you're attached to the platform that you ride on. It's so, so good. Um, I love TNC Surf Design. Uh, so that's a really, really, really good answer. Blaziken replies, they said, you don't really see the side-scrolling beat-em-ups anymore. Uh, I was always fond of the Simpsons arcade game, uh, but at home it was always Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, and on the go it was always Double Dragon 2 on my OG Game Boy. Man, now i got to play some. Um, I would recommend that you check out Streets of Rage 4. Fantastic, fantastic game. And I would also recommend uh, very highly that you uh, try out Streets of Red, uh, both of those are very new games of this genre, Blaziken, and it feels like you missed out. Paul Michaels uh, got back or, or replied, and they said, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which was this very cool, uh, totally kid-safe version of a um, almost like a twin-stick shooter uh, where you and one other person had to go around shooting zombies with water pistols. 
Uh, it was a very fun game. My son and I had a blast playing that on Super Nintendo uh, back when, I don't know, when, when, when I first started streaming on Twitch back in the day. Uh, he and I sat down and streamed some of Zombies Ate My Neighbors. It's a really fun game. Uh, Robert Hood replied, arcade football, basketball, and hockey. So less of these simulation-style games and more arcade stuff. Now, Robert, I've got some good news for you. Now, I don't know if it's coming to Nintendo Switch, but apparently 2K Games is working on a football game, and because EA has the rights to simulation football with the NFL. That means that whatever this game is, it's got to be more arcadey. And so you're going to probably enjoy that more. What I will also say is check out Mutant League Football, I believe. I got a review copy of that on Nintendo Switch back when it first came out. And it's it's very reminiscent of the old... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The old... Uh, Madden games from like the 1990s. It felt very much like that, of course, with decapitation and uh, giant spikes and stuff like that. Uh, but but yeah, if, I'm I'm with you. I don't like simulation sports titles. Uh, I much prefer the arcadey stuff. And then lastly, uh, the point and click adventure uh, Maniac Mansion was mentioned by um, uh, Durham Region Dad, which is really uh, cool. What I will say is that there are tons, tons of point-and-click adventures out there, uh, and there are lots of them on the Switch, and some of them have uh, touchscreen support, and some of them are just perfectly fine with uh, controller input. I'm trying to think of the name, and maybe somebody in chat remembers it. I'm trying to think of the name of... there. There's a point-and-click adventure title on the Nintendo Switch. It's very, very good, and... You play as these two investigators who are trying to solve a crime in this weird town, and it feels like somebody took X-Files and mixed it with Twin Peaks and then turned it into a point-and-click adventure game. And I think maybe it's like Thimble Thimbleweed or something like that. I can't remember the name of it. If uh, if somebody reminds me in chat after I finish recording this segment, I will I will come back and uh, say it at the end. Uh, anyway, it's uh, really great ideas from everybody for these dead genres that need to be brought back. Uh, but hey, maybe some of these aren't quite as dead as we thought they were. This is the part of the show where I say thank you to our producers. These are the people who have gone over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp and joined at the producer tier or higher. That would be people like Paul Bramblett, Orange Thunder, Abigail 13, Eric Smith, Jordan Fords, Matt Hadfield, Bowser, Travis McGuire, Trucker Paul, Brian Reese, Joycephine, and Bustler. Thank you all, and thank you to everybody else who is either in part of the Buck a Month Club or perhaps you are in the Early Access Club listening to all of those early episodes of 143 Pixels. Uh, thank you all uh, for making it possible for me to continue to do independent gaming news. So thank you very much for that. If you didn't know, we've got a huge, 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 over 1,500 people community 
on my Discord server, which you can find over at runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. I don't like to call it my Discord server. It's our Discord server. We've got a huge community. And, you know, the other night I was sitting here with my wife. We were watching um, the Fantastic Plastics on Twitch, which is a fantastic uh, 80s slash 90s weird band. Uh, And on Fridays they do a stream. And we were sitting there. We were watching the Fantastic Plastics. And I was looking at my Discord channel off to the left. And I could see that I had like two or three different groups of people who were all in voice chat playing games together. And I was like, man, I love that. That makes me so happy. And I'm not even in any of those voice chats. They're all just hanging out together. So if you're looking for a bunch of people to hang out with, join us over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord. And uh, thank you very much for listening. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. And if you are looking for ways to support the show, runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. The music that you are hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. It's fantastic music. I hope that you enjoy it, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The show is part of the giant-sized team-up network. For more information, check us out at gstu.net.